the word of the Lord from John chapter 18, verses 33 to 38. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our word for this week is justification. Last week it was redemption as well as ransom. And those are transactional words to remind you that you've been bought with a price, purchased from bondage and set free by nothing less than Jesus' own blood. Justification is not from the world of buying and selling. It's from the legal world. To justify is to declare not guilty, as in, since only sinless and holy people can enter heaven, you need God to declare you not guilty on the last day. So, just imagine the last day this way. It won't be like this, but bear with me for a bit. The Lord has returned in glory for the final judgment. He sits on his throne to judge the living and the dead. And it's your turn. You're up. The judge calls for the books to be opened, and an assisting angel begins to read the charges against you. And along with the given of original sin from the start, the angel starts reading off every sin you've ever committed from the beginning. Why, he mentions your tantrum as an infant when you were angry that you wanted attention. And as he does so, a stern-looking cherub of a bailiff sets down evidence on the table next to you. The assisting angel reads the next charge, and the cherub sets Exhibit B on the table. You're nervous, but you reason that you were just a baby. You didn't even know what you were doing. The reading continues. The book is comprehensive. And after a while, you're at the time that you punch that kid in the nose in the playground, and the cherub puts the baggie of bloodied band-aids next to you. And you also notice that the kid is now in the gallery, lined up to testify against you if need be. Item by item, sin by sin, the angel reads each line 
and you just want to die at the cringy, stupid things that you did in your early teen years, and it only gets worse as the cherub stacks a few more boxes of evidence on the table, and then they move on to the cringy, stupid things you did in your adult years. And you see more witnesses are lining up. Once upon a time, you would have joked that this trial all by itself feels like it's eternal punishment. But you don't feel all that funny anymore. You know what else lies ahead. There are all those mundane sins that you committed daily and much, and yes... The angel is going to read off each time you were impatient or annoyed or gossipy or lustful. Interspersed, though, among your banal evils are the things you did where you knew you'd just die if anybody else found out about them. And now here they are on display for all in the courtroom to see. And you can't just die because you've already been raised from the dead for this final judgment. The list of witnesses grows and you're shrinking from some of the stares and glares of those whom you've sinned against. And the table keeps expanding to hold all of the exhibits against you. It's mountainous. Or maybe you're shrinking in horror. Or both. Finally, there's silence. The angel has finished reading the charges against you. In a courtroom during your life on earth, this is where you'd get to defend yourself. But now there is no defense because everything is true beyond the shadow of a doubt. The evidence does not piece together a puzzle that's subject to interpretation where you may or may not be guilty. The evidence, all of it, is damning. To insist you're not guilty now, that would be self-justification. And a sinner declaring himself not guilty? That fits in with all of those sins you committed when you said, if this is all right with me, then it must be all right with God too. Sounded good at the time. Not so much now. There is no invitation for you to defend yourself. Instead, the judge leans forward to pronounce the sentence. He says, Whoever is guilty of all of these sins is worthy of eternal death. He pauses, then he continues by saying, Therefore, I will accept the responsibility, I will take the blame, and I will bear the guilt for all of this. I therefore find myself guilty and sentence myself to death, and so I therefore find you not guilty. Enter the kingdom of heaven. That's justification. At the final judgment, the judge declares you not guilty, and no matter the evidence against you, his verdict holds. Of course, it's not like that. It's not going to be like that on the last day where the judge says that he will stand in to die for you. It's not going to be like that then because he already has. In our gospel reading this evening, Jesus stands before Pontius Pilate. It's one of the three trials during his passion, for he stands accused of all kinds of sins before the Sanhedrin, before Herod, and before Pilate.
all sorts of false witnesses tell all sorts of lies as they make their accusations against Jesus. But no matter the accusation, Jesus doesn't object and he doesn't defend himself. He accepts each accusation as if it were true. So, if someone declares that Jesus has been passing along gossip, he remains silent and he accepts the accusation. If someone declares that Jesus has a violent temper, he remains silent and accepts the accusation. If someone says that Jesus has been looking at some pretty tawdry stuff on his iPhone, he accepts that accusation too, even if none of the Pharisees have a clue what an iPhone is. Jesus accepts all of these accusations without defense, without complaint. He's not guilty of any of them, but you are, and he's taking your place to die for your sin. Long before you are even born, the judge wants so much to justify you in court on the last day that he suffers the sentence for your sin. There's no double jeopardy in this law either. His death satisfies the law. The only way you can be condemned now is to stand in court on the last day and say, I demand to keep my sins and pay for them myself. That's the folly of impenitence, the foolishness of unbelief. Pontius Pilate does not have a great reputation. Personally, I often describe him as a weasel. However, during Jesus' passion, he's the judge who says the quiet part out loud. Hearing the accusations and questioning Jesus, he goes out to the crowd and says, I find no guilt in him. In all the madness of that night, it is Pilate who justifies Jesus. But Jesus isn't there to be himself. He's there to be you. There is no guilt of his own in him, but he is carrying yours to destroy its power on the cross. Because he bears your guilt and suffers your sentence of his father's wrath, you are justified. You are justified even now. The Lord doesn't keep you in suspense throughout this life so that you behave well because you're afraid that you're not not guilty enough. Listen to parts of our epistle this evening. By works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The way of the law is to stand before the judge on the last day and hope that there's not one little bit of evidence against you. But if you examine God's law at all, you know that's not true. Through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now, says Romans 3, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Because he died in your place with your guilt for your sin, you are justified by his grace. The Lord declares you not guilty as a gift 
because Jesus has paid that price of redemption. God is just. He has righteous wrath for your sin. But so that God the just might also be God the justifier, he has poured out his wrath for you onto Jesus. Sinners being sinners, some are going to hear this as license to sin, as in, if Jesus has already died my death, I can do whatever I want. Remember what I said about impenitence. That's saying, I'm going to keep on sinning so that I show up with my own sins and my own guilt on judgment day. That is the way of death. Repent of that and rejoice in this. With every absolution, you hear the verdict of the judge on the last day. He declares your sins are forgiven. He declares now eternal life is yours. Knowing your sin, it may be hard to believe that the judge loves you so much that he's already died to take it away. But now he has risen from the dead, and he declares that you, his beloved child, are justified. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.